The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. My friend and colleague, Alan Rogers, called me last night. That he was on his way home from work. And he saw gas at more than $5 a gallon. I think he mentioned the same exact station that my friend Chip mentioned to me late last week. That he filled up at over $5 a gallon. Yes, it is common, common now, for gas to be over $5 a gallon in Columbus. You can still find it under 5 but the chances you will continue to find it under 5 are fleeting. Congratulations to those of you in the university area. Kenny Road and King Avenue, Circle K, 469 as of four hours ago. Uh, Costco, not yet over $5 a gallon. But um, Westerville Road and Old Dublin Granville Road, uh, you're paying five fifty-five. I assume you'd have to be on E to buy it there. But it's going up, and it's going to go over $5 a gallon. No doubt. I would think by the end of the weekend, it is going to be over $5 a gallon. Let me see. I think I have some numbers here. Yes! On January the 20th. January 20th. January 20th. What happened? That's the day Joe Biden took office. On January 20th, gas, national average price per gallon, $2.39. $2.39. Today, national average, four ninety one. Hmm, this may explain a couple of recent Wall Street Journal polls. Percentage of people more or less satisfied with the economy, 61%. <laughs> I would not be in that group. Uh, pretty well satisfied with the economy. Oh, these numbers cannot be right because they add up to more than 100%. So that's a trash poll. Here's one where the numbers do add up to 100%. Wall Street Journal poll on the state of the nation's economy conducted. Now, remember this. These poll results come from a poll conducted May 9th through the 17th. What was gas then? And what is gas now? But a month ago, percentage of people who rate the economy excellent, excellent, was 1%. So let me see. That's Jill Biden, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. Uh, what's his brother's name? I can't, I can't remember. Anyway, and Jen Psaki and Corinne Jean-Pierre. That's the 1%. Percentage rates the economy as good. That's 16%. That's Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Chuck's paying big high gas prices when he's in New York. He's writing it off on his senatorial expense account, I'm sure. And Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal. Oh, I'm sorry, Richard. I had your sound down. My bad. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal yesterday after filling up with gas in in his home state of Connecticut. How do you like paying those prices, Mr. Blumenthal? It's bought gas. And the price was $4.83. I was all around the state yesterday. And we bought gas over the weekend. It was $5.07. I'm angry, just as every driver in the state of Connecticut is understandably angry. 
skyrocketing gasoline prices. He's angry. What are the chances when Richard Blumenthal fills up with gas that A, he pumps it or knows how, B, that whatever he theoretically spent on gas shows up on his own personal credit card statement? <laughs> Zero. Back to the Wall Street Journal poll. On the state of the nation's economy, 55% say it's not so good. Ooh, yeah. It's not. It's not so good. And 27% say it's poor. Now, now, let's be fair here. We are... Average hourly wages are up. $31 an hour is average hourly wage. Uh, the unemployment rate is 3.6%, lowest in history. So the numbers say that we are in a great economy. Charlie Gasparino, economic analyst on Fox, points out that mm, the numbers may say one thing, but people feel differently. If you look at, you listen to President Biden and his economic team, which was messaging all weekend, everything is great. Low unemployment, good GDP, headline numbers are great. You should feel be feeling great, American, except the American people feel lousy about this economy. It is, it is the widest disconnect I've ever seen between what the people felt about the economy and what the administration is touting. Yes, this is true because hmm, $5 a gallon gas. I want to know how inflation's only 8%. I want to know that. Obviously, gas not factored in. Somewhere I'm going to find the way we calculated inflation in the 80s, which we've just surpassed with the highest inflation since. And I bet you back in the 80s, they included gas. I would like to know what the inflation figure is now, if it were calculated the way it was in the 80s. Because you know they fudged with it in order to make themselves look as good as possible. But don't worry, don't worry. Uh, Joe Biden has a plan. He has a serious plan. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, giving the plan. A million, a million uh, barrels a month for, for six months. That is a big, big deal to be mm. able to do the homegrown biofuels, the Ooh. E15. That's really going to help families mm. uh, in the Midwest. We understand there's more work to be done, mm. uh, but we are continuing to take steps. And we are encouraged because of where we are economically. We're going to do everything that we can to attack inflation. Oh, everything we can. Great. We're opening up federal lands. We're drilling. We're starting the Keystone XL pipeline again. We're green lighting projects all over. We're doing everything we can. No, we're not doing any of that. We're not doing any of that. We're going. We're begging Saudi Arabia for oil. We are willing to take it from Nicolas Maduro if we can get it. Uh, but no, we're not going to do anything that we could do here. By the way, cleaner than it is done elsewhere. So uh, yesterday was D-Day. 78th anniversary of D-Day. And Joe Biden did not tweet anything, say anything, speak to D-Day in any way, shape, or form until 8.45 last night when he issued a tweet after Fox News called the White House saying, hey, you didn't acknowledge D-Day last year. Are you going to acknowledge D-Day this year? Like, what's up? Like, you guys don't acknowledge D-Day? Uh, Bill Hemmer today on America's Newsroom had a thought about why the Biden White House may not have acknowledged D-Day. 
It's the kind of thing you put in your Outlook calendar the day before, the year before, five years before that, and it pops up in the middle of the night to remind you in the morning. This is simple, simple stuff. They also neglected to do it a year ago. Right. Okay, so I mean, you see the pattern right now. And I, well, what, what confounds me about this is Joe Biden, age 79, born in November of 1942, mm-hmm. so he's 18 months old when the D-Day invasion occurs. Th- th- this is front of mind for an American president like Joe Biden. How many pieces did you read last week on Politico, Washington Post, CNN about the dysfunction in the West Wing? Somebody is shooting inside the tent in the White House, and they're out to get somebody and take them down because they do not like the way this White House is performing. Because this is a classic example of that. Well, I think what it's a classic example of is that the people in the White House who do the actual work who craft the actual policy, D-Day matters not one little single tiny bit to them. Not a bit. The valor, courage displayed on D-Day, the kind that Ronald Reagan commemorated when he was president, when he went to Point Duhok and talked about the Army Rangers who stormed those cliffs, that's, well... I played the cuts for you earlier. That's colonial America. That's hateful America. That's patriarchal America, right? That's like, that's not the America we want to be. That's not what we aspire to be. We're the new America. We are, we're concerned with more consequential things like, you know, green energy. Uh, universal pre-K. Uh, you know, citizenship for all. We're a better country now, according to the people at the White House, according to Corinne Jean-Pierre. She will explain it all to you if somebody writes it down for her to read to you, as I will demonstrate next on the final segment of The Bruce Woolley Show. I know you sit around and, well, you think that Joe Biden sits around and does nothing. But he's uh, very busy yesterday. The reason maybe why he did not acknowledge the 78th anniversary of D-Day is because he was busy yesterday putting pen to paper, signing the Defense Production Act for the production of solar panels. Yes, we have a crisis in America. Our industries are not producing enough solar panels. The Defense Production Act was originally uh, brought to being so that the federal government could order industries to do things that would be necessary to the survival of the nation. You know, things like making planes for war, things like that. Uh, Donald Trump used it for mm, Operation Warp Speed, COVID vaccine. And people dying everywhere of COVID, got to get a vaccine, Defense Production Act. Joe Biden, just a couple weeks ago, after somebody finally told him in late April, hey, hey, there's a shortage of baby formula. People get mad when they can't feed their babies. Oh, wait, right in the middle of Mannix, but we're in a commercial break right now, so I'll sign the Defense Production Act. Yesterday, he signed it for solar panels. Corinne Jean-Pierre 
is the White House spokesperson, and she was asked about, well, what's the emergency with solar panels? What emergency is the president using to invoke the Defense Production Act? Because historically it's been in the 1950s uh, for the, the Korean War and during COVID it was enacted. What emergency is it, or what's the real emergency in the solar industry? Now that's a good question. That's a fair question. And you would think a wokester like Karine Jean-Pierre would be fully capable of trotting out talking points. I mean, how many times has she talked about, you know, batteries and wind and clean energy and this and that? Right? This would be like you just flip the switch in your head and you blah, 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 blah. But no. Corinne Jean-Pierre is not very talented and is really bad at her job. But fortunately, she's a black gay woman. And so she has her job. And she proceeded to do what Corinne Jean-Pierre does. She read her answer. On and on and on. One more time. The question and the answer. If you look at, you listen. To- oh, that's the wrong. God, that's Charlie Gasparino cutting in on Corinne Jean-Pierre's time here on the Bruce Hooley Show. What emergency is the president using to invoke the Defense Production Act? Because historically it's been in the 1950s uh, for the, the Korean War and during COVID it was enacted. What emergency is it, or what's the real emergency in the solar industry for the Defense Production Act? Um, so let me, uh, I was going to say first, let me the find president, it in my binder. You know, when he takes the Defense Protection Act, is to make sure that he's delivering for the American people. Oh. Uh, it is an important tool that he has used a couple of times, and it has been incredibly effect- effective. Reading uh, now. So uh, for this particular Clean Energy Defense uh, Production Act, uh, he is invoking the Defense Protection Act to rapidly expand per, uh, domestic production. Still reading. Uh, of solar panel parts, building ins- insulation, heat pumps, and more. He is putting the full force uh, of the federal government's purchasing power behind supporting American clean energy manufacturers. More reading. And he is providing U.S. solar uh, deployers uh, the short-term stability they need to build clean energy mm. uh, projects and deliver more affordability energy to American families and business. Altogether, ah. uh, these historic actions will cut costs uh, for American families, strengthen our power grid, and tackle the climate crisis. And with a stronger clean uh, energy arsenal, the United States can be an even stronger partner to our allies, especially in the face of Putin's war in Ukraine. Who talks like this? No one. Well, this is just a step to get to to a place where we do have a clean energy arsenal. And so this is a very important part of the president's, uh, this is a very important part of the president's uh, uh, agenda uh, Agenda. Thank you. in getting to that clean energy uh, uh, system that he's been talking about since he walked into the administration. Mm-hmm. So this is that, and this is a way that we felt that we can act uh, to, to get moving in that way. Since he walked into the administration, I thought he was elected. She says he just walked in. He strolled in. Oh. Man, is she terrible at her job. She is horrendous at her job. And let me just make clear. She is not horrendous at her job because she's black. She is not horrendous at her job because she's a woman. She is not horrendous at her job because she's gay. She's horrendous at her job because she is horrendous at her job. That is it. She's horrendous. I do not know how anyone can sit around in briefings as long as she has sat around and not have acquired some rudimentary ability to answer simple questions or clearly obvious questions that are coming 
in the aftermath of the president signing the Defense Production Act. Hey, I might get a question today about why did he sign the Defense Production Act? I'll run through the green energy stuff and this, that, and the other, and how successful it was with the baby formula, even though it really wasn't, but I'll say it was. Uh, I mean, how does she not ready for that question? She's got to flip pages in a binder and read it and read it. When's the last time you said the words all together? <laughs> you know, you make a point, this point, and this point, and this point, all together. Hmm. I mean, if you're going to write her answer, at least write it so that it sounds like what something, what someone might actually say. Oh, this White House, man, they are. Well, why would I be surprised that they are incompetent at communication when they are incompetent at policy? Because I keep hoping for better. That's why. I keep hoping for better. We are not getting it. Okay. We've heard, I've heard, probably you have too, over the last couple weeks. And I never know, because today's conspiracy theory is tomorrow's confirmed report. I mean, honestly, like a month ago when people said, mm, gas is going to 5 $6 a gallon. I was like, no, it's not. That's, that's a point of no return. $5 a gallon for gas is the kind of price that people won't forget. It'll stick in their minds until the election. There's no way they're going to let gas get to $5 a gallon. Well, that, was that month's conspiracy theory is now today's reality. So I started hearing at the same time about food shortages. You've heard of food shortages, right? Now I hear about rolling blackouts this summer. How are you going to do rolling blackouts in the center of the country when it is hotter than blazes? Like last summer, thankfully, the timing was such that my wife and kids drove to a place we go on vacation, and I stayed back because we had, at that point in time, a very unruly new dog, and we could not trust a house sitter with this dog. So I decided to forego vacation and stay home. And as bad luck would have it, our air conditioning went out in the middle of July in Ohio. And I'm a pretty hardy soul, and I don't mind living in the basement, and I grew up without air conditioning, and I was like, I'll be fine. It was very unpleasant. I could not wait to get the new air conditioning installed. If they force this on people this summer with rolling blackouts because we don't have enough electricity... And they're telling us all to go buy electric cars. And diesel goes through the roof. And like the CEO of Pilot Flying J said the other day, we're going to have food shortages because they're telling the people to cut back on rail and rail transports fuel additives that truckers have to have. Wow. The midterms might get worse than I think.